Listen up, everybody, the bottom line. I'm a black intellect, but I'm refined. We precision like the bullet, target bound. Just living like a hookup, the harlot sounds. Now, when I say the harlot, you know I need the hot. Beat of the equator, the buff in the pot. Jalik, Jalik, you wind up your hip. Drafting of the poets, I'm the number seven pick. Licks, 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 boy, when your back's up. Licks, 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 boy, when your back's up. Listen to the fader shot, eat, let's it glide. Tip the earthly body, heaven's on my side. Even in Santa Domingo, and I got a gringo. We got mics, when do we go? Hey, hey. Yo. And welcome to episode 53. Yeah, yeah. That's right, folks. After... Three years, four years of doing this podcast, we finally have a year's worth of podcast. <laughs> we finally have enough so you could listen to one a week for a whole year and be covered. Well, actually, we got more than that because all the point fives and all the uh, side stuff. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, we got, we got some content up there. Yeah, yeah, we got plenty for you to listen to. But um, just in time for uh, Halloween, we had to rush this one. Um, way back two years ago, when we said when we did Pure Premium Pulp, which was our normal, uh, what we thought was going to be an annual <laughs> summer blockbuster right. movie block that we never came up with a good name for it. Um. Pure yeah, premium. The first one, I don't think we named. Yeah, pure premium pulp was the first like named one, but that had so many issues just with timing and other stuff going on. <laughs> we finally said, you know yeah. what? We're and never. It was 2015, which was terrible. Yeah, 2015 was bad here. We said we're never doing, we're never doing a, a movie block again. And we, we aren't. Uh, I don't know. Well, because what we might end up doing, it'll be more like Sweet Fantasy, where it's just like maybe we'll do uh, something, you know, a one-two punch there. Yeah, Sweet Fantasy was a great. <laughs> uh, if, oh, if, if if you haven't heard those two episodes, go back in our archives and look up the Sweet Fantasy month. Yeah, uh, and I'm when sure we, we can figure out why we called it that just off the name alone, but go back and listen and you'll see exactly why it is. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, before we start talking about what we're going to talk about, we have some stuff to still get off the docket (laughs) from from, uh, our last two episodes talking about cereal. Yeah, you know what? And there weren't so much on the docket, but it's just stuff that kind of arose after the fact. Um, which is kind of like, kind of seems to be the MO here. You know, we speak stuff into existence and then it happens. Exactly. I was about to say that it happens all the time. We'll be talking about something on the show and then something out in the wild will find it or something in the news happens that correlates exactly to what we were talking about. Yeah. So first of all, I don't know why I never noticed before, but actually Rice Krispie Tree cereal actually never went away. It's still on the shelves. Yeah, I actually saw it in in the store, and I, I took a picture and I sent it to you. I'm like, man, yeah. it's back. Yeah, we thought it was back for Halloween or something, but there's no like limited edition or anything on there. 
And I looked it up. It's like, no, it never, it never actually went anywhere. So I don't know why I never noticed it. But now every time I go in the grocery aisle, I don't, or in the cereal aisle in the grocery store, I don't miss it. I see it. It's in a purple box instead of the blue. Yeah, it's in the purple box. You walked in the aisle and you see those three. You know, that that's something we didn't get into either. Snap, crackle, pop. But Well, because Rice Krispies sucks. Yeah, but, but they're mascots. I mean, we're, we're talking about the commercials, but, you know. Yeah. I guess they are kind of milk toast, but, you know, they got into Cocoa adventures. Wood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You remember the one where they um they got trapped? In, and they would uh, overlap with, like, real kids, too. And I remember, because, like, they'd be animated and there would be, like, live-action children. I remember when they, I, the only one I seem to remember is the one where they got trapped in a cave-in. And then the little girl says, can we crack out of here? And then Crackle says, well, I don't know about that, but let's crackle! And then all the rocks explode and they get out of the cave. <laughs> I don't remember that. But at the end, did they go, what's this? Crunch berries? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, it seems to be another thing. Jay, you started something. I can't look at a fucking Captain Crunch box or like one of the Captain variants without sending you some text, like <laughs> adding on to the lore. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I have it's gotten to the point now where I just add it to everything. I, it, it doesn't matter what I'm looking at; it'll just be, oh look, there's something. Oh, what's this? Crunch berries. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wish the uh, commercial man. was that cool. <laughs> what if back when, like, remember when we used to play Borderlands, and then we had that last mission where you uh where you bust open the vault. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, there was nothing in the vault. This was all for naught. But what's this? Crunch berries. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That might we we have uh, the handsome collection. You you and me need to get down. I know. I felt like this. I need to start completely over from scratch because I forgot where I was in Borderlands Two. So I actually made a new character and <laughs> been whatever I do decide to play it. Just kind of like going from there. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so there's that, and then I talked about blueberry muffin tops, which was that multi meal cereal. It was a knockoff mm-hmm. of cinnamon toast crunch, but it was blueberry uh, blueberry flavored instead of cinnamon. Because they do have a knockoff version also just called cinnamon toasters. But there was another one called blueberry muffin tops, and I told you I didn't even find that in a while. I haven't seen it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, I'm in the store the other day, or uh, actually just yesterday. I was on my lunch break at work. I stopped and walked in the store, happened to pass through the cereal aisle, and I see there's something called Blueberry Toast Crunch. So the actual, honest to God, General Mills has a version of it. Wow. And I'm like, I've never had this one. I mean, I've had the knockoff version, which is awesome, so this one's got to be good, right? Yeah, did you get it? No, I didn't, but I will. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I was there on my lunch break. I want, I guess, you know, next time we go shopping, I might grab some. Just to see. Yeah. Um... And then another thing I noticed, and I was talking about the frosted mini wheats, mm-hmm. how they they've uh, sized, they've downsized. They went from the red yeah. box, which is the the bigger ones, and then the orange box, which is the bite size. But now the orange the orange box is the normal, and the the, the original is gone. Well, now I've noticed they got another one called frosted mini wheats little bites, which is even smaller one. Really. So they what have, color is that box? They, they, it varies because they have different flavors. So depending on the flavor, the uh, color is different. 
Ah, uh, okay. But I'm just wondering how long it's going to be before they they phase out the normal one, the, the orange box. Little Bites becomes the normal size. And then, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they make it even smaller ones. It's going to be the size of, like, Nerd's Candy. Oh, <laughs> uh, it could. You never know. I mean... Nanobots. <laughs> Nanoweets. <laughs> yeah. And then there's one more thing that I noticed. This isn't a cereal, but it's an interesting recipe. Um, it's called because I do the graphics. Okay, it's, you know, people don't know that all the graphics you see for the uh, the headers. That's me. I just it's kind of labor of love. But when I was doing the graphics for this uh, for the past for the last episode, I was uh just you know looking up cereal stuff, and I kept getting hits on Google for cereal milk panna cotta. I'm like, what the hell? And I'm looking at it. And for those of you who don't know, panna cotta, you don't know what that is. It's, it's bougie pudding, is what it is. And I would never make that because I don't have. Well, first of all, I'm lactose intolerant, so I mean, small doses of milk is fine, but like something like that—that's like pretty much all milk that would destroy my my stomach. So no. But also, it just seems like it's a lot of trouble. But the way you get to the, you make the cereal milk is you take. I mean, if you don't mind destroying an entire box of cereal, take your favorite cereal, you put it in a large bowl, like a big salad bowl or something. You get milk, and you dump the milk into the bowl, and you let it sit there for a couple hours. And then you strain out the cereal, and then you have this milk, which is flavored like your favorite cereal. What? Yeah, so what people are doing is they're going to make in this panna cotta out of that. And like I said, I never do that, but that just gives me an idea. You know, a lot of a lot of recipes, like cakes or anything like that, that call for milk, you could apply that to different recipes and use it however you want to, you know what I mean? That is a genius idea. Yeah, so like, you know, uh, Christmas time and Thanksgiving time, you know, when you go to make your desserts, you know, you like go and have a slice and you're like, hey, this is a really nice cake, Jay. I didn't know you were such a baker. It, it tastes familiar. What's this? Crunch berries? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to have to try that. I'm going to have to make some of that. Yeah, it's great. And like I said, I would never make that. I would never make that pudding, the panna cotta, but I would definitely, I could definitely see taking that and using it in other stuff. Hell, coffee creamer. See, cereal milk coffee creamer. There you go. You're welcome, people. Oh, I may have to get some. I may have to get some oops all berries, and I'm I'm gonna go to town. <laughs> uh, I think that's gonna be on my uh, on my tombstone. When I die, <laughs> guess it's gonna be it's gonna be Jason Smith, you know, born seventy eight, died whatever year, and what's this? Crunchberries. <laughs> I will see to it. If you go before me, I will make sure that you have a box in your coffin, and it goes on your on your stone. <laughs> what's this? Crunchberry, uh, yeah, I, I want to box it next to my tombstone. Like you, you know how uh, people go and put flowers out at Memorial Day and stuff. I want a box of Crunchberry sitting next to my my tombstone. <laughs> I got so you, man. Then, so that people will actually walk up and say, "What's this Crunchberries?" And then there's a box of Crunchberry sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't oh, want my God. death to be a somber experience. I want people to be happy. Exactly. Have crunch berries in your life. 
yeah, I'll send you a picture of what Ghost Grave is gonna look like. But uh, <laughs> like yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's your grave, all right. But yours, <laughs> Crunch Berries. Yep. <laughs> but uh, anyway, is there anything else that you had? Nah, that from was last. Uh... Nope. That'll do it. All right. Well, yeah, let's uh, get into what we are here to talk about today. And like I said, since it's Halloween, let's get a little spooky question mark. Well, if you were my age when it came out, it was spooky. Yeah, yeah. It And I haven't seen this movie probably since middle school. Uh, same here. Same here. Probably like eight not eight. not. Yeah, and not out of out of not liking the movie. I just never went back to it and rewatching it. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, but my memory of this movie had it a lot scarier than it actually is. <laughs> but uh, of course, if you haven't, if you couldn't tell by the header or by the title of this episode. Uh, we are talking Gremlins. Gremlins, 1984, right? Four. Uh, yes, 1984, which was uh, an American comedy horror movie directed by Joe Dante. Joe Dante, executive produced by Steven Spielberg, which I'm almost inclined to believe Spielberg like just pulled a he pulled a Pat Riley on Stan Van Gundy and actually really did just sit there in the front and, and, and take over the reins. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it's got Spielberg all over it. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And it's also written by Chris Columbus, who directed all of the uh, the Home Alone movie, or at least the first two Home Alone movies, and the yeah. first three, no, the first two Harry Potter movies. And, yeah, Harry Potter. Uh, uh, you know Uncle Buck. Created Galaxy High, Uncle Buck, yeah. The so original, we, the movie Uncle Buck, that. not the Mike Vepps vehicle that made no sense. Yeah, is that canceled? Surely it's canceled. Sure, it's got to be. Yeah, but um, we digress already. <laughs> but uh, you know, before we get into this, um, when I was watching this again, I decided to look it up because I, because you know, if you sort of know your your lore of Gremlins, you know, Gremlins, which or if you watch Looney Tunes cartoons, you saw. <laughs> Gremlins are sort of a, a myth, I guess, from Germany. Yeah. Or it, it, it was a myth that, that came really to fruition during World War II when um, the airplanes that, that they used, uh, the British Royal Air Force and um, uh, not, not so much the U.S., I, I don't think maybe they had the same thing as well but they had um, these these myths going around at gremlins these little mythical creatures would get into machines and and uh, break them so people were extremely superstitious of gremlins breaking you know the the planes that flew and the machines that went around like uh, you can even go on on the internet and find these old World War II era posters about um, you know watch your step 
gremlins do this and and beware of gremlins doing this and everything. Yeah. Um, So I I guess they're sort of related to, uh, according to Internet Bible here, uh, sort of leprechauns, I I guess. It sort of goes back to uh, early Scotland, if I'm skimming this correctly, where sort of, you know, sort of like little leprechaun type things but they're little mischievous creatures um that they're fairy folk and they just mess around with with machines and bother people right but then (sighs) this movie starts in chinatown and uh the gremlins in the movie they are called called mogwai but i mean that mogwai is their official term and Mogwai is actually, I, I looked it up, which is where the whole Chinese thing, the, the Chinatown part comes from. Mogwai are um, demons in in uh, in Chinese culture, and they they play tricks and uh, inflict harm on humans. But the big thing is that that. Uh, they reproduce during mating season, which is uh, triggered by the um, coming of the rainy season. So when the rainy season starts, that is their their mating season. Oh wow! Which is where you know the whole they reproduce in water thing stems from. Which is okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it really did really did his homework when coming up with these uh these these characters because I knew I th- I, I knew I heard or read a long time ago that Mogwai meant like meant demon or monster or whatever or was some sort of you know some sort of Japanese lore or Chinese lore I'm sorry but I didn't know all that I didn't that I didn't know all that about like what all that lore entailed you know what I'm saying what all they consisted of yeah so I um like I say Christopher Columbus wrote this so he just kind of combined the two mythical creatures into one one you know being but you know it doesn't there I the internet bible doesn't have any pictures so I don't know what a mogwai is supposed to look like I don't know if it's supposed to be furry or scaly lizard monster um but gremlins you know they sort of take any kind of shit like like uh like I said in Looney Tunes there there was that the famous World War 2 one uh uh, short with, with Bugs Bunny and this gremlin, and it was a little yellow thing with like a blue head that looked like a pilot cap. Yeah, and it had little goggles on. So yeah, that um, happened in you know I, that happened in Tiny Toons also when um when a Plucky Duck and was it I don't know if it was him and Buster or him and Hampton fell down a crater and it's going down in the center of the earth and uh. No, it was Hampton, because I remember he said, we're going to hit bottom. You think we'll hit bottom soon? And Plucky said, I hope so. This is so boring. And they're still falling, falling. <laughs> they finally get to the center of the Earth, and they realize that earthquakes are caused by gremlins whacking at the Earth's mantle with these with these hammers. And those gremlins were like designed kind of the same way, like you just described there. Yeah. So, you know, that... That act, that Looney Tunes was actually my sort of first exposure to a gremlin. I don't fully remember that and, that short. You know what I'm saying? I don't. So, but I mean, my exposure to Gremlins was the Gremlins movie, at least 
the advertisement for it because I mean I was three years old I didn't see the movie yeah and I don't you know I was young too so so by, by the time I was of age to watch it it was on video right I don't think I saw it till it came on TV um, and I must have been like seven or eight years old the first time I actually watched it but yeah but it was out there you know what I'm saying it was like um you know there was merchandise everywhere you know uh, if you listen to our uh, episode 51 you heard the commercial for the cereal because everything had a novelty cereal um I remember in preschool some there were a couple kids that had the uh the gizmo lunchbox with the you know him sitting in the uh in the toy car and some mm-hmm. people had gizmo dolls and that went on for a while too that was another thing about just the 80s and just the times is that especially with kids stuff merchandising and promotion had a really long tail because I remember like 85, 86 still seeing Gremlin stuff everywhere even though the movie was like you know three years earlier than that yeah yeah and and this really ties into the same complaint that I have well not complaint I guess but you know we'll get into it more later um but it it Gremlins was a movie. I mean, it was rated PG, right? PG, yes. yep. It was rated PG, but um, you know there there was so much kid merchandise for like mostly Gizmo that um, I'm surprised that there wasn't a, a cartoon spinoff at some point, you know. But that you know it, even though it was PG, it was so. It became so much like a kid movie, kind of, that when when the sequel came out, it really removed a lot. Because the the I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. This original movie is a dark comedy, kind of like Ghostbusters. I was gonna where, say it reminds you a lot of Ghostbusters, right? The way it was. Yeah. It's very. It's, it's, it's dark. It's kind of gross. It's kind of scary. It's but it's still aimed somewhat at kids. You know, and then by the time you get the second one, or at least teenagers, yeah. And by the time you get the second one, they're really going after the kids, and they're cutting back on what made the first one so awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and again, you know, we'll we'll get get to the comparisons at the end uh, of the episode. But I mean, really, there, the movie, especially when I remember, it was a dark sort of. Uh, a comedy, yes, but it it was dark. And for uh, uh, how old was I then? Like six or seven year old watching this? Nah, probably eight. What when I actually watched it? I mean, this movie was was fucking scary. And you know, I'm not big on horror shit anyway. So <laughs> oh, we know so that. Watching watching this is it was uh was kind of messed up. Speaking of which, uh, shout out to uh. Shout out to uh, one of my favorite gaming power couples, friend of ours, uh, David Waters and Whitney Waters. Uh, last week they were playing Outlast in honor of you know because it's October and all. Jay, mm-hmm. you want to join up in um? In no, I'm good. Session of- okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but um, let's go ahead and, and jump into this movie. This movie, um, uh, it came out. What? When did that? It came out. Oh wow! It actually came out on my birthday, June eighth, nineteen eighty four. Holy shit! 
I didn't know that. But it is one of those. It, it's set. It came out in the summer, kind of like like uh, uh, Die Hard, but it is it is set at Christmas time. Yeah, and it kind of makes sense here because I mean, as you as we kind of described it, it's horror, really not Christmassy, not really something you want on all, you know while all these heartwarming Christmas movies are out there. But right. at the same time, it and it also you know it doesn't do the it's not as bad coming out at the wrong time of year. It's it's not like like movies like uh that was that one movie they're called uh. Was it Ben Affleck or some, one of those? Uh, somebody Reindeer called, Games. Reindeer Games, and it came out like, <laughs> like the end of May or some shit. Mm-hmm. And they didn't bother to change the title at all. The only reason they called it that was because supposed to come out around Christmas. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but at, at the same time, even though it came out in summer, everyone says that at the best Christmas movie is Die Hard, which. I don't. I don't think it counts as a Christmas movie because it didn't come out at Christmas. I don't care what the setting is. Yeah, you can't call it a Christmas movie if it didn't come out in, in the Christmas season. And besides, the best Christmas movie is Home Alone. Mm. We'll 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 see. <laughs> <laughs> but but this movie doesn't have that set. You don't see marathons of gr- Gremlins ever. In fact, I I don't think I've, I have seen it on TV in God knows how long. Yeah, me neither. It used to come on USA kind of often back in the 90s, but like I said, I haven't seen it again since like probably 8th grade. Yeah, but anyway, this movie starts out uh, with a with a voiceover, and it um, the voice is Hoyt Axton, who plays the father. Okay, who is this guy? He's just a, a character actor slash singer. He's, he's done a lot of bit parts and other things, but he's not any anyone like big big okay because but go ahead well i was gonna say when when i started watching this i his voice sounded vaguely familiar so i went on to imdb to pull up to see all right this guy sounds like you know the um not Phil Harris, who, who voiced Blue in the Jungle Book, but I'm like, okay, was this the guy that uh, did Blue on Tailspin or you know something else? He's not, but he's got a voice that you would would associate with Blue the Bear almost. You know, a very deep voice. <laughs> I sent a message to you. I said he's great value, Blue. <laughs> but see, that's the weird thing uh, because. You, that's where you went. I thought he was great value somebody else because I'm listening to the voice. It kind of strikes me or whatever. And I don't know. I mean, again, Christopher Columbus wrote this or Chris Columbus, however you go. I don't know who he had in mind for this role. I feel like, but, and, and I know he didn't. <sighs> so Uncle Buck was when? Like 87, 88? Yeah, something so like that. So much later in Home Alone. And John Candy was in both of them. I, I feel like he really wanted John Candy for this role and couldn't get him. And so he got like this bootleg John Candy. Uh, he kind of sounds like John... He kind of sounds like John Candy talking. This guy kind of... There's a s- s- yeah. small... Minis- like some sort of a resemblance there. Yeah, a li- I, yeah I can kind of hear it. 
But except, you know, none of the charm, none of the jokes. Yeah, no, none of the jokes at all. Um, but he comes in and he's walking through Chinatown. And he's talking about how he's an inventor and he was on a business trip and uh, he was him strolling around China. I don't know what Chinatown, if this is New York or California or, or where I, he is. Because I actually put that in my notes. Because he's on the business trip here, right? He's not in, he's not at Chinatown in his hometown, is he? No. Because this this is a small town. Like, there's no Chinatown here. <laughs> yeah, no, it, this is some small town. Um, but he's he's wandering around, and then he finds this kid. Now he he's wandering around Chinatown, have to find a place to find a place to sell his uh, inventions. Other half to um, find a, a birthday present for his his kid. And the way he's making this kid sound, you know, this is a 10-year-old kid he's shopping for. Or something. <laughs> yeah, no. But yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to But he, he finds this this Chinese kid, and Chinese kid leads him down these steps into this this really old antique shop with uh, this very old Asian man he kind of uh, looks who's like, smoking one of those long pipes? Yeah, those long stem pipes, and he kind of reminds me of. You ever seen the original uh, Drunken Master movie? He kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of Suwachi. Yeah, yeah, and he's just sort of looking around, and then he goes up to the man, and he's like, "Hey, you know, you've got a lot of interesting relics and stuff here, but uh, I'm going to introduce you to something I got here." And he opens his coat and reaches in. I thought it, was gonna pull, it looked like he was going to pull a gun. But then he pulls out this weird ass fidget cube. And he goes, This is like this giant fidget cube he's got. And he's like, This is the bathroom buddy. This is gonna revolutionize everything. And it's basic That's nasty. It bathroom buddy. Yeah. Why do you call it that? And it it's got it it's supposed to have everything that you need in the bathroom. It's got a toothbrush and a razor and a, a a shaving mirror but I don't know how you're supposed to shave with the because the razor is attached to this <laughs> plastic block but so is the mirror but the mirror is on the other side of the mirror uh, of the, uh, the razor thing so I don't know how you can look in the mirror and shave Jay, let's just move on because ain't nobody <laughs> <But> then, <laughs> nobody Right, mine would ever use this. Yeah, but uh, he, <laughs> he, he's he's give, giving a, a demonstration. But as he's talking, he keeps hearing this like like um, chirping sort of sound or, or a mute. It's not like a it's a mewing kind of you know animal noise. And so right. you know he's like, "What is that sound?" And they walk over to this dark corner, and the little kid is like, "Oh, this is you know a mogwai." And they don't show him right away, but um, the the kid's like, you know, he he, Mogwai likes to sing sometimes, and so he's like, okay, I have to have it. How much do you want for it? And the old man says it's not for sale. He goes, one. Well, he doesn't even say how much is it. He says, I'll give you a hundred dollars for it. He doesn't game, you know, what I'm saying he just starts throwing money. Yeah, he says my my kid has to have this, has to have it. Yeah, hundred bucks. Yeah, and the guy says no. Okay, he said. Okay, it was really twelve dollars, but I'll take a hundred. Yeah. Well, no, the old guy says no. It's you. 
Oh, I know he doesn't, but I'm just yeah. saying. He didn't ask the price. He just dropped $100. I'm like, yeah. uh-oh. He's like, you're not responsible. You, uh, it's The Mogwai is not for sale because you have to be very diligent and you have to do this, that, and the other. And so, uh, so the old man walks away and says, no deal, get out of my shop. So then the the kid is like, you know, we're we're gonna, gonna lose this shop. We need the money. He tells the dad to go outside, and he comes sneaking out later and has the mogwai in a box, takes two hundred bucks, and says, "Okay, here here are the rules. You know, don't feed it after midnight. Don't get it wet. Keep it out of bright light." Now, okay, those are the three rules of the mogwai. Um, my question, so does it drink? I don't know. That That's one of the, well, there's a lot of issues that we'll get into as this goes on. my other question is, what happens in the wild? Like, what if it rains? Is everybody just screwed? I guess, I don't know. I, I have no You know idea. what I'm saying? It's just not explained. And then he said, don't feed it after midnight. But yeah, here's a question. What do you feed it? Yeah, and, and we find out later that they'll eat table food. But I mean, you're buying a pet. Don't do, don't you think you should ask these questions before you t- take it home? Yeah, and midnight where? Like yeah, like yeah, that was my yeah. I have that written down too. Like conundrum. <laughs> because we one we don't know what Chinatown he's in, but we know it it's you know far away because it, it, it's at least a day's journey. So we don't know where this Chinatown is. One. Two, we don't know where this town is. You know, even between, say, uh, um, California and what? Arizona, not Arizona, uh, Nevada. Isn't that their time change right there? Yeah, and actually, depending on uh, what time of year it is, see, Arizona, like you said, uh, Arizona actually doesn't use DST, so it's on another uh, another plane completely. Yeah. Yeah, so who knows what <laughs> what midnight like if you if you take him literally across to, to another time zone, does that mean midnight in that time zone or midnight meaning you know eleven p.m. because it's midnight. You, there's no you don't know. It's just midnight. Well, how about this? It's from China, so midnight was like six hours ago. Yeah, We're fucked. You don't know where. Yeah. What clock is on? We'll never know. Yeah. So then, you know, he takes it. And, and the thing is, the way he is talking with, with the, this, uh, he's, he's narrating the mo- movie at the beginning. So you really think this movie is going one direction. And then all of a sudden, you know, after he leaves Chinatowns and, and the credits start to roll, then the movie seems to take a completely different tone all of a sudden. And he's yeah, not narrating now, anymore. Yeah, we get the crawl that's Kingston Falls, USA. No state, <laughs> just <Yeah>. USA. <laughs> Which I'm pretty. I Google Kingston Falls. It doesn't exist. Um, it looks like the it. It looks sort of like the uh the small town from from Masters of the Universe, except except there's actually people. Yeah, there's a lot of people. And <laughs> and I actually did my research there. You know, um, this is actually. It's the same town as uh, Hill Valley. They repurposed this when they made Back to the Future. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. But um, 
know, it cuts to the city and there's snow on the ground and, you know, it, it's almost Christmas. And you see just different shots of everyone in the city. You see the you see the the sheriff coming and talking to the guy that sells trees and the sheriff bumps into one of the trees and oh it's a costume and inside the costume is is the tree seller's kid who happens to be Corey Feldman a young Corey Feldman this is before the Goonies yeah yeah this is before Goonies so um, young young Corey Feldman is there and then you know it cuts to some other scenes and then you see this guy's kid and and th- this kid is at least 18. He's, set, he's he's in high school, I'm guessing. So he's like 17, 18. But he yeah, acts he looks like every a, bit of like He looks 12 and he acts 12. <laughs> he acts 12, but I thought he looked like 25. He's old. Yeah, well, he's got a baby face, though. But but he's the this kid and he's his he's got a, a Volkswagen Beetle doesn't it, it doesn't start his neighbor comes over and says hey hey you need a jump and he says no I'm late anyway and then walks to work yeah why are you just walking why are you even bother <laughs> yeah and Don't... then but the neighbor the neighbor was uh his name is Mr. Mr. Futterman mm-hmm. and you come to find out he's a veteran and just the way he's always talking about goddamn foreign pieces of shit you need to buy American and this, that, and the other—he's the one who actually brings up the word gremlins first. Yeah, and and he says, yeah, in in the big one in Germany there were gremlins, so that's where that yeah. that comes from, you know. Yeah, I was on WWII, <laughs> and there were gremlins. I'm like, did you do one of those tours with Hooper? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's that old. Maybe Korean War he was in, but I don't think he was in WW2. Well. I, I mean, don't know. I mean, way, I'm, I feel like he was in the same regiment with Hooper, and he's like on the phone with him around Christmas time, just wishing him a Merry Christmas. He's just like, how's things going over there in uh, New York City? Where are you living at? Oh, I'm living on Sesame Street. You know, I'm in this, uh, I'm in this musical number called The Lovers of Five. You know, have you seen us up there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of a long way away, Hooper. I mean, is it, uh, uh, don't you see a lot of, uh, those those people over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you know, we're, we're uh, I'm actually in the group with a couple of them. We're gonna make some money. We're gonna you'll you'll see us on the on the television screen. We got a we we got a concert coming. Little little do you know that Hooper gets cut from the group. There's only four people in the levels of five. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say is this before the the debut that they had on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But uh, anyway, it you know we we followed Billy then to his job at the bank, and like I said, this is when, when it the tone shifts you know, again, and it becomes like a goofy Christmas movie. Here's the thing, though. Hold up, well, you know when he was on his way, I forgot to mention this too. Well, you know because I kind of went off the tangent about Mister Futterman, but you know when Billy decides to walk to you know walk all of like three blocks to work, mm-hmm. um, how eighties was this neighborhood i mean it was like uh you had like a burger king on main street like as opposed to like you know i don't mean like a freestanding burger king i mean it's like as part of a storefront like you don't really see that anymore do you no uh-uh. that you know there's that there's uh 
There's like a sign for like Maxell cassette tapes and Rico cameras and Agfa photo film. And then yeah. his job itself. His job itself, you can't get any more 80s. Union savings and loan. When's the last time you saw a savings and loan? <laughs> People, you can go, you can Google the uh, savings and loan crisis. I'm not going to get into that right now, but yeah, that was <laughs> like a couple years before that all hit the fan and went under. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you, you see him get to work and then he, he's with his dog. And he brings his Why? dog into the bank. And the security guard is like, oh, hey, Billy. Unless the dog in. And then, you know, he, he goes around the back and goes in into his his little cubicle thing. And we see that he's got a rope all set for this dog to sit in. He's got newspaper on the bottom of it. Because apparently his dog just hangs out with him at work all day. And that's gross. You, got, you brought a wet dog into into your job. Yeah, and how does he not make noise? That's how what does I he not know. cause this kind of trouble every day? Why, why does he bring his dog to work? His mom lives at home. Yeah, I don't she get it. Have a, she's still with her mom. I don't get it. But, uh, you know, we, we're, we're at work, and then um, we see I, what is sort of set up as the human antagonist of this movie, which is this... Uh, a uh, woman who actually owns the savings and loan, I think. Does she own it, or or is just is she just some big wig in the town? That's a good uh, question. I, I know she owns like she owns like some housing or some apartment yeah, somewhere. She's real estate. I don't know if she I owns guess. the savings and loan. Yeah, but it's this woman, Miss Deagle, and she she's neighbors to Billy, and she hates the dog, and um. You know, she she's coming to to the bank to talk to Billy because the dog apparently broke her like plastic or glass, whatever snowman. And so she she comes in and she's yelling at at Billy about the dog and saying that she's gonna take the dog, she's gonna kill it, she's gonna strangle it, and she's not gonna be humane like at the at the pound. She wants to put the dog in a sack and drown it. Oh, she doesn't say that, but I mean, it's, it's damn close. What an uplifting Christmas movie, everybody! Yeah, yeah. Welcome to your Christmas movie. But you know, then the dog he, hears this and, for whatever reason, knows that that she's talking about him. And then he, the dog, unties himself, jumps over the um, counter, smashes the this this uh, snowman's head, and then starts biting the woman so they have to pull her off um then we meet the other minor antagonist which is uh judge reinhold judge reinhold yeah as as the uh i guess they they were classmates but he's already graduated and he's got a job at the the bank as like the junior bank president or something like that yeah very useless character i mean he's only in this scene and the next and then he's gone yeah yeah, but um, he. Oh, well, I, uh, I will note that uh, after this all happens, you know, and his, you know, the uh, the bank manager is apologizing to Miss Deagle, and it's like, who let the dog in here? Well, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, and you see <laughs> Judge Reinhold, whatever his name is, he goes, he he looks at Billy and goes, you putz. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Putz is a great word. Yeah. Well, then you're a putz. The three of you. Three putzes. You should change the name outside from Mighty Shop 
to the three punches. You know, I don't know if people you know this. I know I've talked to Joel J about this. I, I, Yiddish slang to me is some of the funniest stuff. Like all those words, like, you know, like, like something mate worth bupkis. Or <laughs> the freezer took us off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess in today's social climate, it's really cool to say, but fuck it. I think I always thought the word schwarzo was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, anyway, just to sort of speed this up. Um, Billy, he doesn't get fired, but but he gets told just to leave for the day, and yeah. he goes to the bar where uh, his is not his girlfriend yet. She likes him, but I don't think he likes her in that way. But this is Phoebe Cates, um, yes. actress. I forget her movie name in this. What uh, is, it's it's, uh, it's, it's Kate. Oh yeah, Kate. That's right. <laughs> it's Kate. I could, I could come up with a better one. Now Phoebe is Kate is this before Kate. Phoebe Cates was in breakfast? Is it Breakfast Club when she is in the in that red bikini coming out out of the uh, pool? No, that would be Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's right. Is this before this? this is, before this is after. This is after. Oh yeah, this they is got because actually they wanted to put. Actually, what I what I also read was that someone they wanted to cast someone else for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ended up going with Phoebe Cates, but they initially they gave her the they kind of they had her pegged for the role, but then they were like, uh, you know, she was just in another movie where she gets topless. So, uh, do we want to use it? But then they they just said screw it and use it. Yeah, which is weird because in this movie she's completely buttoned up. You know, she's either wearing turtlenecks or long sweaters. I mean, I know it's winter, but you just had her in a movie where she's topless in a bikini. You think, especially for the type of movie that this is, which is sort of that dark horror comedy kind of thing, you got to have a half-naked girl in there somewhere. Yeah, well, it's PG. But they don't do it. Well, yeah, but still. PG back then was basically R. It's not like yeah. PG today. Yeah, PG was sort of a, uh, you know, you can get away with a lot of stuff in PG. Yeah, especially back in the anyway. 80s. Yeah. But um, anyway, then it, you know, it cuts to this bar where you see that Ed Billy is a good artist and, um, uh, you know, he talks to Phoebe or Kate, whatever, for a little bit and then he goes home. Oh wait! You forgot when uh, Judge Reinhold comes back for his, his 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 second and final scene. Oh yes, right. He does come back in there because he comes back talking shit and he's like saying like, "Ah, oh, well, they haven't decided if they want to if they want to take your job away, but uh, we're thinking about it. So you better start begging for quarters or something." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he's like talking about how he's done this and that, and he's. His, He's, he's a junior VP at 23 and at that point I thought that was the funniest joke in the movie because I'm like Judge Reinhold you ain't 20 you're easily like 36 years old you ain't you're 35 plus you ain't no 23 but I looked it up and he was only like 25 or 26 when he did this so he wasn't that much older than 23 really? yeah holy shit dude what was it about the, that bygone era like the 80s and earlier that people really just looked old I mean was it different nutrition back then or, or what because 
I don't know. I mean, he does not look. He does not look twenty anything. Uh uh-uh. uh But he is. And then he takes a pass at Kate. You remember that? He's like, "Hey, you haven't been to my apartment, or you've been in my new apartment." He's like, "I haven't been to your old one either." Yeah. He's like, "Oh, come on! Why don't you? Why don't you come over? I got I got fast times at Ridgemont High on Betamax. I got a new beta player." Yeah. <laughs> Billy's like, "Oh, fast times, uh, yeah. How many tissues out of five do you rate that one?" <laughs> I mean, like, that's a deleted scene. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Spielberg's like, cut. He's like, that's not in the script. Even if I did want to allow that, PG-13 hasn't been invented yet. We can't use that. <laughs> now stop going to business for yourself. Let's get this scene wrapped. Boss is back down in his seat. Action. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> By the way, PBKs, you were pretty awesome in Fast Times. I'm yes, she was. Yes, I'm just saying. Was. I'm not but, Weinstein. I'm just saying. Actually. Uh, <laughs> 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 Timely. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, we, we cut then to, to Billy's home and then we see more of the what we see his his mom is introduced, who is definitely suffering from some sort of PTSD for having to deal with with her husband's inventions. Because his, his inventions are all over the house and they don't work. You know, and I hate this in movies. I oh, Every time you have an inventor, he's always got to have all his failed inventions all over. The, like if Rube Goldberg is the house. And yeah. Like, and, it's, stuff everywhere, and it don't work. So like, why do you even have it? Like, what is that? Yeah. And it's shit that, uh, that it would be easy enough to do just by hand. But here you, you you're adding like four extra steps to put the thing in the thing and then hit the button and then put the cup under there, like he's got this uh this egg cracker machine, which one how long can you keep eggs just out of the refrigerator? Yeah, that's that's gross. I don't even want to. I don't want any of their cooking. Because they they've got they've got about six eggs in this egg cracker shoot, and then they've got a whole basket of eggs sitting next to it and like I said I don't know how long you can keep eggs just sitting out in the counter well I also don't know why they think it takes so long to just crack an egg and be done with it you gotta you gotta watch it roll into the bowl and knock the ball into the rubber duck tub and flip the man into the pan and like that fucking game that I hate so much and yeah I was, I was about to say I'm surprised you're going the mousetrap <laughs> well that's what this whole house is mousetrap how can you yeah. not yeah, but then, you know, he's messing with, with the this thing, and it breaks, and then Father comes home, and he's like, well, you know, I got your Christmas present, but I'm going to give it to you early, because you can't keep it, because I think he says Christmas is a week away. Yeah, something like that. we're not quite at, at Christmas yet, so he's like, we, you know, we can't keep it all this time. So he gives it to him, and they open it up, and this is the first time we see Gizmo. Yeah. Now, Gizmo... We we mentioned him earlier, obviously, talking about merchandise like that. But like Gizmo, like really, it's he ugly. really was like, what? Are you kidding me? The, this puppet is is uh, creepy compared to because the puppet got better in the second one, but in this first okay. one, it it's creepy looking. I think Gizmo is just like ridiculously enduringly cute. Like this thing is like we have a guinea pig. You know, my wife named him Cashew. Like after some, I guess there's a, there's some show that she watched. I forget what it was. It had a guinea pig on there by that name, and she's like, 
I gotta get a giddy. Well, we get a giddy pick. I gotta name him Cashew. Like, okay, fine. But I want to name him Gizmo. That's what he reminds <laughs> me of. But yeah. that character, I mean, that's like that's. I don't feel like he has a hate following like the Ewok or something like that. You know, I never heard anyone say I hate Gizmo. No, no everybody loves Gizmo. Gizmo's yeah. awesome. But th- just that first puppet is not it. I don't know who built it. Is it's not a Henson creation? Yeah. Well, but, do you um, know who? Do you know who voiced Gizmo? Yeah. Uh. Uh. Howie Mandel was the yeah. voice of Gizmo. And if you notice, if you, you guys know who Howie Mandel is, that voice is not that much different from Little Howie slash Bobby from Bobby's World. Yeah. So Gizmo, you know, he's he's basically doing Bobby from Bobby's World. Right. You know, and uh, you know the. He, he pulls him out and then the dad's like okay these are the rules don't feed it after midnight don't get it wet don't uh, um, no bright light uh, no bright lights that's right and he, he makes his wife turn down the lights so she's got this fucking looks like a 1920s uh, walkie talkie but it's the remote to turn off the lights oh my god and of course it doesn't work it don't work and so she has to go turn off manually, yeah. and then you know uh, pulls Gizmo out, and they kind of tickle it, and you know he's kind of purring and stuff. And then uh, Mom says, "Oh, I have to get a picture of it," and she takes yeah. its picture, and its eyes just go fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he starts spinning around his head, and he screams and jumps into the dad's lap. And he's like, no, no bright lights at all. Yeah, didn't I just tell you no bright light? And the first thing you do is get that big ass camera. <laughs> what the? F- yeah. <laughs> you remember in the eighties? Remember when cameras didn't always have like those cheaper cameras? They didn't have flashes on them, so you had to get those magic cubes <laughs> attached. <laughs> remember that shit? <laughs> yeah, and and we'll, we'll <laughs> see one later. We'll see see one later where uh, it's like a strip. That was about four inches long, and it had four different flashes on it. It you'd use one, pick it up, move it, <laughs> move it down the slot, and then do it again, kind of like a typewriter. I hope my dad uh, had one of those on the on the cheapo camera that we had, and for some reason, whenever he take the picture, it would shoot the it would shoot the flash bulbs off of the camera like it would pop. It off. And he's like, "What the hell?" He kept trying to take the picture. <laughs> oh shit! Oh man! But, oh, uh, man. people, technology that wasn't back in those days. Yeah. So then, uh, uh, Billy takes takes uh takes Gizmo upstairs to his room and introduces him to the dog, and they're you know they're just uh, sitting there yeah. and. He starts to sort of sing, and Billy pulls out this little Casio keyboard and plays along and plays the song that Gizmo sings and then puts a Santa hat on him because that was a big seller. What was Gizmo, and then you could buy Gizmo with the Santa hat. Mm -hmm. You know, just in time for Christmas, folks. But then again, he pulls out a mirror so Gizmo can see, but then the light from the mirror reflects into Gizmo's eyes and he goes flipping out and falls off the bed cracks his head open and he, and he has to take uh, he takes Gizmo into the bathroom and turns on the faucet I'm like <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> oh 
oh man, these people are just like not cautious at all, man. This is actually yeah. what, what, what Suhachi told you. While I'm responsible, like he literally could have could have ended the world right there. Yeah, and so he he puts a little bandage on Gizmo's head, and then um, they go to sleep. Yeah, and wake up the next morning. Morning, Corey Feldman comes over, and uh, you know he ta- takes Gizmo up, or he takes Corey Feldman upstairs to show show Gizmo off, and while. You know, before they go upstairs, you see Gizmo watching this old black and white TV, and that's where you know Gizmo starts getting addicted to TV, and it uh-huh. that that whole th- thing of Gizmo addicted to TV carries through all the way to the sequel. Uh, oh dear! So, so um, you know, you you see him watching like a Cary Grant movie, and they're driving, and so Gizmo's pretending to drive. You know, yeah. also, he also like halfway he speaks English. Like I don't know, like I didn't know if he was like like a parakeet or something like that, where he could just repeat stuff. At first, but he but understands he, it, but then he goes back and like he actually will say stuff on his own. You know, so like okay, he 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 speaks English. Yeah, Chinese uh, little little uh, furry creature <laughs> speaks English. Yeah. So, you know, he takes Corey Feldman upstairs, and, and Corey Feldman has a glass of fucking water on the bed. He wasn't. <laughs> he's sitting there, and he's 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 messing with, with Gizmo with this cup. And I'm like, no, you stupid motherfucker. What are you doing? <laughs> and so, so um, but then Billy picks Gizmo up and puts him on his drawing table to uh, do something. I, I guess to have him sing or something. And Corey Feldman, you know, goes to pet him or do something, and he knocks over Billy's uh, water cup where all of his paintbrushes are. That's Gizmo what it gets was. Wet. Yeah, he... <laughs> Gizmo gets wet and starts freak. He's writhing in pain, and this little fur ball, or his back starts to bubble and and roll, and you just see the fur rippling, and he's screaming in pain. And then this little thing pops up and and rolls across the, the desk. And then four more pop out of his back and roll across the desk. And then they the the balls start to grow and grow and then they turn into five more mogwais. Yeah. And you you see you see uh Gizmo sitting there and he, he's still wet and his nose is dripping like he's been been crying. You know, <laughs> Yeah. Like he you know, he's got the snot nose and he's just sitting there and, and Billy and and Corey Feldman are all excited because hey, we got five of them now. And Gizmo's just sitting there and he just shakes his head like, Oh, not again. Yeah, like oh, he knows God. he knows this is wrong. Yeah. Like so so about this. The we still don't know I mean I guess they Reproduce in other ways, but I guess the water thing makes like evil ones or something like that. Because whenever they make a, whenever they make another one, like the ones, the ones they clone out of water are just like instantly mean. Yeah, and who who knows? Gizmo may have been mean too, but was domesticated and just because you don't know how long they live, so maybe he he was caught and was a nasty little mean fucker. 
and you know they domesticated him and he became good and that's, just be, you know after a while just became a nice guy that's a good point you know I just always wonder why whenever they make another one they're just like they're terrible I don't know well I mean if a Ma- Mogwai is supposed to be an evil demon you know may- maybe Gizmo was evil too whenever he was spawned who knows yeah it could be but you know um Giz- or, uh, Billy says, "I don't know." Or Corey Feldman wants one. Billy says, "No, I, you know, let's keep keep him here for now, now and just observe him because this is crazy." So then, so then Billy goes to his dad's workshop, and his dad's working on some sort of card shuffler. It looks like, and when Billy opens the door, the cards just shoot out everywhere. You know what? And Billy's his- dad, he should go. Wait, what were you about to say? <laughs> Well, I was gonna say Billy's dad gets—I don't know—embarrassed or scared or what—but he he hastily takes this towel and throws it on top of the machine, <laughs> like he's looking at porn or something. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? It's just car. It's playing cards. I feel like he really should have gone to work for Parker Brothers or Milton Bradley, something like that, because he invented. You remember Card Attack? That's what he made. Oh yeah, Card Attack. Card Attack. When people don't know, I mean, you play Uno, you play Card Attack. It's the same game. Except instead of a pile that you draw from, it's this machine that looks kind of like this, and you press the button. So, you know, if you get a, you know, number says instead of draw four, you have to press the button four times. And then, you know, it's like Russian roulette in a way. You know, you press it, you don't know how many presses it's going to take before it just fires all these fucking cards at you. So, the one you never wanted to get was Terrible 10, because 10 presses pretty much means more than likely you're going to get some cards thrown at you. You know what I'm saying? So... But it shot him out exactly like that. So it looks like he invented the prototype for Card Attack. And then going way back to the beginning, this bathroom buddy, this fidget cube, he invented Bop It. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. See, he's in the wrong yeah, he, He's in the wrong amount of work. His failed adventures come yeah, to like yeah. board games. His whole house is mousetrap. Yeah. But, but then, um, you know... Billy gets his dad, and then they they go downstairs, and the the gremlins have opened the presents. Gizmo is is playing with a, a tambourine and a toy trumpet. He he's sitting next to the dog under the tree. <laughs> the other five gremlins. <laughs> it's the saddest thing because he got this trumpet. He's like, dirt, 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 and the dog's just staring at him. <laughs> Um, but then the other five gremlins are playing this sweet ass Donkey Kong uh, tabletop game. Man, I, I used to have the the uh, the Pac Man oh, version. Of That's it. what you had, yeah, yeah. But they're, they're playing this game and just sort of rowdy. And you see that one of them uh, has the, this uh, this white mohawk, and he's the only other gremlin that gets a name. Uh, Billy calls him Stripe because he has a white stripe down his head. Yeah, and he he has come forth. He he was the first one to pop off of Gizmo's back, and he's sort of asserted his dominance as the leader of the group. And so he sits in there playing Donkey Kong, and then he look, looks over at Gizmo playing this sad little trumpet, and then he hawks this loogie. <laughs> it literally goes tui, <laughs> and it's just this long, gross. Bit, but 
you know, the the other gremlins have started to just, sort of... And you just see, like, he's in there just playing his trumpet, you know what I'm saying? He's not bothering anybody. That loogie comes over his way. <laughs> and then you see his face just instantly go sad. I'm like, aww. Oh. Like, he really wanted to cry. <laughs> I'm like, why are you doing that? Yeah, thing? you feel bad for Gizmo. <laughs> but, um, you know, this is... The, uh, you you see the the gremlins are starting to chitter chatter and and this that and the other, and you start to hear their voices and uh, turns out their voices are really familiar <laughs> because with the exception of Gizmo, every single Mogwai and Gremlin in this movie is Mr. Golden Toilet himself, <laughs> Frank Welker. <laughs> Do you think by now he had the golden toilet, or were we still making payments on it? Uh, let's see, because he's got that Scooby Doo money. Yeah, that's uh, eighty four. Like so Transformers just started. Uh, he may have just put down the down payment on it. He 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 just went to the store, picked it out, and put down his first check for that gold toilet. Well, there it is. I bet you had his quilted TP though. Hmm. Uh, Yep, but you know, then not only do do you see Stripe starting to be mean to Gizmo, I just watched that scene again <laughs> when that spit comes Aww. over. Gizmo just his mouth is a game. He just looks at it. He's so disappointed. He I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> he looks at the dog. <laughs> he, looks, he looks at the spit. He looks at the dog. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like I don't know, man. Oh God! <laughs> uh, but then you know, um, it, it cuts to a uh, bedtime and they're asleep, and then you hear this dog whining outside. Billy goes outside and finds that the dog is all strung up in the Christmas lights, and you know, as, as Billy's go- going outside, you see Stripe open one eye, and just start chuckling. And then, yeah. you know, Billy unties the dog, and you see the next morning, they're all sit, sitting around on the breakfast nook, and they're, they're talking about, I don't know how how the dog got outside, and maybe Miss Deedle, you know, strung up the dog, and all, all the while out there talking, the dad is messing with these fucking inventions, getting ready to go on another business trip. Oh, He's Lord. got this, like, pneumatic hammer. No. It's... It's a regular, a regular, you know, eight pound hammer, but he has cut it in half and attached like a hinge to it and then put some like battery operated thing so it hammers itself. Now, it, but except all the, you know, the head cranks back and forth. There is no force that's going to go, that's going to drive a nail into anything. No. In fact... Not at I all. wish I wish I wish we had your dad here just for this because you know he he works with with carpentry and and, and metal and stuff like that as a and, and hammers like would he ever buy some shit like this would he ever think that was a good idea no of course not <laughs> of course not but there's <laughs> no one buying this crap what the hell no and then he's like, got like a talking about like all his stuff is just like adding steps on the stuff that really doesn't need it. Yeah, and then he's got this, like, it looks like a drill, but it's got about five, 
five uh, fly swatters attached to it, and when you squeeze the trigger, the fly swatters spin sort of fan out like a like a uh, handheld fan. You ain't gonna kill anything with that. How no, you gonna kill a, a a fly with that? I don't know, but you will kill all the uh, all the picture frames and shattered glass everywhere. Yeah. But he's packing up and saying, oh, well, you know, it'll be okay, and blah, blah, blah. I'm getting ready to go on this business trip. So then they cut then to school, and Billy has brought... He, he left the other five gremlins at home. Billy brought Gizmo to school and is showing his science teacher, who is played by... What's that dude's name? Glenn Terman. Yeah, Glenn Terman. He was on uh, uh, A Different World as one of the teachers ended up married to what's her name uh, he married one of the students uh J- Jalisa what right yeah yeah Jalisa yeah well I see him I mean well yeah definitely that but uh when he showed up on the screen I'm like preach welcome to the welcome to Kingston Falls oh yeah that's right it was preach it's preached from Cooley High. From I guess Cooley you know. High, man. I guess that. Uh, I guess that Hollywood. You know, he, when he left for Hollywood after Cochise died and uh, went on to be a writer, I guess it didn't work out. So fuck it, I'll be a science teacher. Yeah, so he's a science teacher, and Billy's like, you know, I got this thing. Let me show you uh, this thing. So he opens it up. Not twenty-four hours before, he saw Gizmo get wet and writhe in pain and agony so he thought the best idea was to bring it to his science teacher and and get more water and and put on this poor animal yeah and he's basically he's it's fun with it too now this time he was smart enough to use a dropper so it doesn't shoot out like 20 of them but he's like hey watch this and it, i mean and it starts smoking like you know it's like it might as well be acid you yeah, poor gizmo and, every time you do this and you hear him scream he is screaming in pain, and then another furball pops off. These are and, grotesque, by the way. Yeah, and then grow, and then you see <laughs> poor Gizmo in this box, and he just shakes his head. <laughs> He's like, "I don't know, man." <laughs> his nose is all snotty again. <laughs> He's just like I don't know, man. I don't. I can't do this. Gizmo was the original. Was the original. <laughs> I can't believe that. But Gizmo was like the original SMH. You know, yeah. like that emoji, that emoji you have with the shrug shoulders. It's Gizmo's face. <laughs> Gizmo's face was not right now. <laughs> oh. Snotty Gizmo. <laughs> Snotty Gizmo. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I can't stop laughing at that. Oh, God. Oh, oh it hurts. <laughs> but, but then the, the science teacher, he's like, uh, uh, science teacher Mr. Hanson, he's like, okay, well, let me keep this one. So I can do some some studies and some blood tests, and then uh, you know you take this one home. So he takes Gizmo home. Um, then it cuts to the bar where where Kate works, and 
Mr. Futterman's there all drunk. Oh, and, drunk and, off his ass. I mean, he... Way too many... Too many schnapps. Yeah, and drinking, then, but I can't even think, see him drinking anything besides, like, peppermint schnapps. <laughs> yeah, it was the 80s. That was the thing to drink when you're an old 80s guy. <laughs> but, you know, he, he, he can't... He drove his tractor to the bar, which I saw too often living in my little farm town. Uh, he drove his tractor to, to the bar rather than his car. And uh, his car, or the, the tractor won't start, so then he starts talking about gremlins and the machines again. Yeah. And he decides to walk home, and then Billy walks uh, Kate home and asks her out on a date finally. And um, he cuts back to the school. And you see the teacher, Mr. Hanson, get a uh, a syringe out and say, hey, you know, we're going to do a blood test on you. And you see him poke the other mogwai in the arm. Pisses this mogwai off bad. Of course it does. No kid likes getting a booster shot or getting blood taken. Yeah. Which actually... It... This Mogwai looks just like Gizmo, so I wonder if they just used the same puppet. Could have been. But, you know what, let's take a quick break here, because this is when the change happens. Yeah. So let's take a uh, break, and we'll come back, and we'll, we'll talk some more. Yeah, where does it go from here? I don't know, man. <laughs> Get that I don't know, my head now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Are you hungry? Hungry as a gremlin? Here's gremlin cereal. Gremlins, gremlins, bite after bite. What a tasty way to satisfy a gremlin appetite. Gremlins is a deliciously sweet, crunchy cereal that satisfies the hungry little gremlin. That's in all of us. Gremlins, gremlins, bite after bite. What a tasty way to satisfy a gremlin appetite. Gremlin cereal is part of this complete breakfast. Gremlin, yum, yum. All right, and we're we're back. Yeah, man. And and this is where the tone for this movie shifts yet again, where we see, um, you know, Billy is up late reading comics with Gizmo, and Gizmo so adorable with these little old school three D glasses reading this comic book, and uh, the the other five for whatever reason, just get relegated to this box. They don't get to roam like Gizmo. Well, smart move, because they're weird. But I forgot the part where because this is kind of foreshadowing the change. When he walks Kate home from the bar and she's talking about he's talking about Christmas decorations and how, you know, uh, oh, yeah, you know, Christmas spirits in the air. She's like, "Yeah, well, some people, some people are caroling, and other people are opening up their wrists." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa that escalated quickly." <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Wait, hold on a second, what the?" Fuck? And she says, "I don't celebrate," or you know, he's like, "Gee, that's heartwarming. Thanks, Kate." And he's like, "I don't celebrate Christmas." And he says, "What are you Hindu?" It was a kind of like that was a weird line. It's like, why did he reach for Hindu? It was the 80s. Was Hindus and Hare Krishnas were what you made for <laughs> I feel like there was a deleted scene here, too, where <laughs> she's like, I don't celebrate Christmas, and he goes, what are you, a freaking Jew? And Spielberg says, hey, cut! 
like Chris Columbus, come on, man. And Chris Columbus was like, oh, yeah. yeah, about that. That that didn't quite go over as well on camera as it did when I wrote it. Real, real sorry, sorry, man, sorry, man. I'll, I'll fix it. I'll yeah, fix it. Um, okay, take two. So he goes, what are you, Hindu? And then Rajneesh from Catering, who just happens to be Hindu, he wanders onto the set and says, hey, I celebrate Christmas. I love that shit. <laughs> and then Chris was like, cut. <laughs> like, first of all, Rajneesh, no, you don't. <laughs> Second of all, you're in catering. Get out of this movie. Okay, people, can we stop screwing around and get back to filming this non-Christmas Christmas movie about gremlins? Jeez. And he plops down in his director's chair and a whoopee cushion goes off. And he's like, Rajneesh, god damn it! And you hear him all the other so like... <laughs> like, take three! Oh, shit. Oh, but then... You see, uh... The the other five are in this box, and they start complaining that they're hungry. Are they not? Do they say food? No, they just won't shut up. Yeah, that's right. They, they won't shut up. And so Billy's like, well, are you hungry? And then, you know, it's sort of cutting between three things. It's cutting between them complaining about food. It's cutting back to uh, the teacher at the school. And you clearly see on the wall that it is like two in the morning. And then it cuts back to Billy's room, and Billy's like, well, you know, I just fed you guys, but if you're still, still hungry, he goes and looks at his clock, and his clock says 11.30. You know, why is he still up that late anyway? I don't know. I mean, 11.30 so, is late enough in the 80s. I mean, ain't nothing on TV anymore. All you guys that test pattern. But yeah. 2 in the morning, I mean, good God, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. But then, um, you know, it... it he he goes downstairs and gets some chicken, yeah, chicken. like a, a a plate a plate of fried chicken legs just in there. First of all, no white family was frying up chicken like that. Second of all, why is it just a big ass plate of chicken just sitting there? Yeah, like nobody ate dinner. He <laughs> said, so, "Okay, I'll just put it in the top 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 shelf in the fridge." Then, yeah, not not under any saran wrap or nothing, just out there, but. Then, um, you know, it, it cuts back and forth between um, the teacher's like, oh, it's getting late, you know, I'm going to hit at home. But he leaves his sandwich out, and it, it's close, the, the foil from the sandwich is close enough for the gremlin to reach underneath. But, but check this out, he was eating the whole, which is nasty, he's doing science experiments, chemicals, and he got a little unknown animal right there, he's just eating while he's doing this. But on top of that, he has this sandwich, which he doesn't finish at all. He barely takes a bite of. And then he has this bag of chips. And he's eating out of this bag of chips the whole time. And then he's like, well, it's getting late. Like you said, he leaves it there, but he leaves out there with his walking Doritos. Yeah. And just leaves the sandwich there. And now that I think about it, I don't think Billy told him the rules. I don't think he did. Oh, no, he didn't. So, So he just leaves. And... And uh, in the meantime, you Billy know, has taken his plate of chicken upstairs. Rewind too, man. Back to this, this back back to preach. Two in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. That that's he's still at, he's at school because he gave it to him at school. You know, say he didn't have a, his own separate lab. He's doing this in the science lab at school. So why the hell haven't they kicked him out of the you know out of the school after hours? He's still there. I don't know. 
I guess he said, hey, hey, I'm doing experiments. I guess, but that seems awfully unsafe. But, well, then again, it's yeah. a tiny Masters of the Universe town, so. Yeah. Yeah, the, this is Kingston Falls, USA, man. Yeah. I guess they don't <laughs> think about these things. <clears throat> but then, um, you see these gremlins are chowing down on this chicken. Oh, my God. <laughs> It is disgusting. <laughs> I mean, they they got grease all over their hands. And they're wiping it on their lips, and it's just all over there. It's it's just disgusting. Ropey spit like all over when they're pulling it back and chewing on it. And yeah. he has the audacity. I mean, you got some balls there, Billy. He goes and reaches in there to grab one of them. <laughs> like surprised he didn't pull a nub back. He reaches in there yeah. to grab one. They say, "Gizmo, you want some?" Like, and I guess get Gizmo has an in, <clears throat> excuse me an internal clock and knows, you know, hey, it's it's a uh, after midnight. I'm not eating, but you never see, really see Gizmo eat in this movie anyway. But then you know they they have eaten and everything, and then cut to the next morning where Gizmo, <laughs> poor Gizmo's laying awake in bed and he's just looking to the side. And you see the these these slimy green scaly cocoons and Gizmo's just laying there snot running. <laughs> <laughs> He's just shaking his head like I don't know, man. Billy's like, How did this happen? And Gizmo's like I don't know, man. <laughs> but Billy's mom cut goes upstairs and sees these things and she's like, Oh my god, what is this? And, it, and Billy's like, I didn't feed him after midnight. It's eleven thirty, and he looks at his clock. He's like, Wait, hold on a second. And the clock still says eleven thirty, and he pulls the cord and sees that the cord is all ripped and frayed. He's like, Well, this is peculiar. This is strange. What is this? Oh God! And he, because. <laughs> He's trying to figure out what happened. She's like, "Well, did you get him wet? No. Right? Did you feed him after midnight? No." And then that's you know that's when that happens. But it's like, I that's not where my mind would have gone though when I saw them. I would have thought they were dead. Yeah, yeah. But then he decides just to go to school. He's like, "Well, I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna leave these here with you." Oh, you know he's not the smartest knife in the drawer. You know, or sharpest knife in the drawer. Excuse me. Yeah, you know no. how he couldn't start his car to walk three blocks and so he was late to work <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so it cuts to well I, I guess he's not in school but um what's his name is uh Corey Feldman's in, in the science class you know who and is so Corey Feldman in, him? is this just his neighbor or what yeah I think it's just his neighbor young kid that probably shouldn't be hanging out with a that's high school that's what I'm kid. wondering what's going on there but you know they're um they're in school and and uh, the science teacher showing a film about the human heart and as as the film is this is towards the end of the, end of the day as this film is going uh, he starts to see the box shake well before that river because he goes in there and he finds that his mogwai has changed too and he's like trying to take some some uh some snips to go oh, yeah, that's right. the cage up and like Corey Feldman is there playing with the goop that came off of the cocoon. I'm like, what the hell are you doing, kid? Yeah. 
and there's a, um, there's a line in there where he said he's in the, he's in his pupil stage. He's going through changes. He says, "Like my mother." He's like, "No, not like your mother." <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> but um, you know, as this is going on, then at, at the same time, Billy's mom, who actually is kind of the hero of this fucking Yo. movie, at least at the beginning, his mom is badass but she is working in the kitchen and she get it's a phone call from the dad and this is one of those things that probably people saw but they but until the internet was a big deal and you know there's wikipedia and all this stuff the if you didn't notice it 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 it, it became one of the, those like buzzfeed stories like like a you know, blink and you miss it scenes sure. in movies. You you see him, he's in this weird ass payphone cube at this inventor's convention. And behind him you see a rep- replica of the time machine from uh <clears throat> the old was it fifties or sixties movie, The Time Machine, based on the H. G. Wells movie. Sure. And so you see that and you see Robbie the robot front from the day the Earth stood still, or not not the day the Earth still still, so, uh, this planet Earth or whatever it is. Is that what that is? But because I thought that was, yeah. it looked like one of those uh, protectrons from Fallout. Yeah, I, that's what it, it. That's what they're based on. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I'm looking at that. I'm like, damn, it looks just like Fallout. Yeah, but um, you see that this time machine. It's that the, there's a guy sitting in it, and there's two people walking around it, and there's like this dry ice smoke blowing around it. And you see him talking on the phone, and then it cuts to the wife, and, and you see her talking and, and decorating gingerbread men, and then it cuts back to the uh, the dad, and the time machine is gone. And it, it's one of those things that you never noticed until, um, well, I, I'm sure somebody noticed it somewhere along the, the line, but it didn't become one of those big pop cultures. Did, did you notice things until the internet popped off? But the the time machine is gone, and the two people that they're walking around it are just like staring in disbelief, and they're trying to touch the ground where the time machine is and everything. <laughs> which, which actually is kind of a clever. It, it's kind of like the Back to the Future thing, where the mall is called uh, Two Pines Mall or something like that. But then when when the DeLorean goes back in time Marty actually knocks one of those pine trees down so when he comes back to the present the mall is called Lone Pine Mall yeah you know it, it's one of those blinking sort of easter egg thing yeah it's kind of cool but- <clears throat> so while that, all that's going on um, you know you've got like you said you had them showing the, uh, the last day of class before us before winter break starts they're watching that film and that box is moving and um it preaches science class and once school you know once class the bell rings he rushes everybody out to go find it and yeah what's cool about this whole thing is that you never get a really good look at the gremlin like you never see it you see him like kind of scamper around but it's like in the shadows you hear it running around you hear noises and uh, he tries to feed it a Snickers and ends up 
getting his arm ripped off and then pretty much whatever the hell else happens to him. Yeah, and see, this is one of the things that I said in the, the beginning that the movie is scarier, or I, I remembered the movie being scarier than it actually was, because in my mind, I remembered that scene as being really gory, like his, like you saw his arm get ripped off, but in this, you saw his arm get yanked under the uh, desk there, and then he just kind of dies, and the gremlin shoves a needle in his ass. <laughs> But that's, you know, that's it. it. It's not graphic at all. There's really no, like, spurting, shooting blood except for the gremlin. Right. So Billy is there. He comes because he, I guess that's why he went to school, because he's like, he saw what happened to his. And then. Yeah, because the, well, no, no, no. Oh, wait, no, no, no. The, the teacher called him at work right. and, and, and said, hey, th- this thing is hatching. Yeah. Come now. Yeah, that's what he did. So. Yeah, so he comes and shows up, and and he finds his teacher dead. Doesn't call the police. Nah, of course but not. But then he <laughs> he sees where the gremlin has smashed through the air duct, and so he goes peeking right on that air duct, and the gremlin scratches his hand, and he gets a little cut on his hand. Again, not a not a lot of blood at all, you know. And he goes to the uh, the infirmary, and gets some gauze and is wiping his hand up and he's just kind of sitting there like oh god oh god you know what the hell was that thing and this is the first time you really see the gremlin in detail except you really don't you get like a glimpse of him you know you see his whole body but it's real quick yeah because he pops out out of one of these uh these cabinets and starts throwing shit at Billy yeah and then he goes out of the frame and that's again that's our classic horror filming right there you know when you've got a monster of some sort and you don't really want to sh- you don't show it just yet you show it causing trouble but you don't get yeah a good look at it just yet yeah and then i mean just to rewind a little bit as the one at the school is hatching the other five at, at billy's house hatching too yeah and and you see gizmo he's not doing the i don't know man he he's straight up scared and hiding inside this uh this helmet, this motorcycle helmet, while these things hatch, and you see shadows of them sort of coming out of the cocoons. And that is the you know? nastiest thing. Like, it's just like this, this, this snot, this goop, this slime, just like, oh my god. It's not something wrong with Yeah. And this is what I'm talking So, this is kind of just going back to what we were talking about, you know, like the original Ghostbusters and this movie. It's like, yeah, they kind of marketed it to kids, obviously, with these toys and everything like that. And they wanted kids to go see it. But, man, it really wasn't for kids, though. Uh-uh. Pretty disgusting. Huh. It, it was more for, you, you know, your teenagers and, you know, adults. Yeah. Uh, well, probably mostly teenagers. teenagers. But, you know, you see um, Bill or his mom just sort, sort of creeps upstairs and sees all this dry ice smoke coming down from his room. And he hears she she hears some scampering around, and the phone rings. It's Billy saying, "Hey, mom, get out of the house now! You know they're they're hatching and they're evil and blah blah blah." One of the gremlins reaches up in the fuse box or whatever and pulls all the cords, so the phone goes dead. So mom starts creeping around. She sees one of them in the, the kitchen eating her cookies. 
that's and, when you get and the first kinda, really good look at him, right? Yeah, and, and it's eating. eaten. It's eaten, and and it sort of hear, hears her, and she, she ducks around the corner, and then um, she peeks back around the corner, and this first gremlin has jumped into her mixing bowl, one one of the inventions. Yeah, the the, it, the it juicer is, thing. Yeah, it, it's in there trying trying to you know eat whatever's in there, and. Yo, she hits the button and it just grinds it to a green pulp. Pulp is that fucker. Yeah, and then the next one starts throwing shit at her. And so she picks up a knife off the counter and um she just straight she doesn't do anything fancy. She just straight up stabs the thing. She stabs it like twice. She's like my kitchen just Yeah, and then and then another one starts throwing shit at her behind her. So she gets like the, like the Pam cooking spray, and and sprays it in the face, then knocks it into the open. Why, why the microwave is open, I don't know. But, but she shoves it in there, closes it. Yeah, she shoves it in there, closes it, turns it on, and you see this thing. The microwave goes on, and its eyes get real big, and then it just explodes uh, inside the microwave. <clears throat> it was God, gross, and then she starts looking around and you see her go to the butcher block she grabs a knife and then she stops and she looks around she goes back she grabs two knives <laughs> so now she's dual wielding knives I'm like go ahead mom yeah right so you're already off three go ahead yeah but the gremlins are smart so they they have put a toy robot in a stocking that was hanging over the Christmas or over the uh the fire fireplace and this robot you know is turned on and it's moving so she goes she takes one of those knives and she slices at the at the stocking and it opens up and she sees this robot sitting there and so then she turns around and you see the lights of the christmas tree and then you just see these red eyes coming out of this tree and the tree falls on top of her and you see her fighting for dear life with this tree and that, that's when Billy comes home and takes his sword off the wall. That's one thing we forgot, man. Mother. You know, at the beginning, when 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 Great Value John Candy comes home, he opens the door, he slams it behind him, and the sword falls off onto the ground. Like these are sharp mm-hmm. swords, man. You like? Is anybody missing any toes in that house? Probably, because it just it, probably that's not the only time it's fallen. So yeah, he grabs that sword and he's able to he like. He swipes at it, and does he cut the head off, or does he just end up knocking him backwards? Because either way, it goes into the fireplace. He, yeah, he he knocks it into the fireplace, and this thing goes up like a fucking can't like you know it's kerosene. I mean, it's nothing but bones in in two seconds. It's the rope in Home Alone too. Yeah, <laughs> it is. They, they, they must have kerosene for blood or something because as soon as it got knocked in there <laughs> and then they you know they turn around and there's Stripe by the window and he's standing there and he's like taunting them kinda and he blows his nose and throws it at him he's got a tissue he blows his nose with the tissue throws it at him then smashes through the window into the snow and runs away and this is my other no. issue Snow is frozen water. I was gonna say the same thing. So how come every step he takes, it's not making another one? 
Right. I mean, you're just getting wet all over the place. Yeah. I don't get it. But... And we forgot about the part where they had Gizmo... They had him up on a dartboard, throwing darts around him. And... You know, finally it, it falls and he gets not... And he ends up bouncing like into the laundry chute. Yeah. Where he gets away. Yeah, so Stripe has gotten away and then... You know, Billy finds Gizmo on the laundry chute, and he's like, "Okay, we gotta go find Stripe." So he puts Gizmo in his backpack, and they start tracking his footprints. And they see that that Stripe has made his way to the YMCA, and they're looking around, and they find Stripe like uh, they they go to turn on the lights, and Stripe knocks Billy down. And then takes three jumps, holds its nose, and jumps into the pool. Yo. And then I the gotta pool. say, man, these things, these things are just, I mean, gremlins are smart, but I mean, they're like almost too smart. Like yeah. they know everything. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the pool starts to bubble and, and smoke. And so Billy and Gizmo just run the fuck out of there. And you they... Better. And they run to the, the police station, and the police are, you know, th- think it's funny, and they don't believe it, and this, that, and the other. And uh, so they they uh, they leave. Well, because he introduced, he tells them where do these things come from. He said, "My dad got me one for Christmas." He's like, "Does your dad always get you vicious killers for Christmas?" <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, let me show you." So he shows him Gizmo, and they still don't believe him. I'm like, "Okay, you know, you never seen anything like this before. You." I mean, can can you at least hear him out? Yeah, but of course he doesn't. And then, you know, cut to the, this pretty cool scene, actually, sort of a Ray Harryhausen-looking thing of of all these gremlins. You see Strike first walking down the middle of the street, and then as he comes into the light more, you see all these other gremlins coming in behind him, and they just Yo. spread out all over the city. That yeah, man. And that was scary. I think I remember seeing that on TV when I was a kid, like seeing, like back when I was, you know, back when this was out. I remember seeing like a commercial or some sort of thing that was doing like a little thing on Gremlins. And I remember seeing, I just remember seeing Strike and then all of them come up behind him. Yeah. And this is where a lot of the comedy starts to come in because you just see him doing what, uh, you know, they, they said back in the during World War II gremlins did they just start messing with with any kind of tech you know uh, cars they, they just start pulling wires out of stuff they you know just mess with people and it's when its own tone changes again because it's like and at this point it feels like it doesn't know what it wants to be because they're clearly causing trouble and like hurting people but at the same time they're doing stuff that's funny yeah it, it's sort of joke jokey danger I mean they're, they're really not killing people with the exception of Miss Deedle is the only one they really sort I mean they kind of half heartedly are trying to kill people but not really well, they're more about just eating and, and drinking yeah and they get to the part you know where they go and like uh, they hotwire the traffic lights and they know exactly what they're doing and mm-hmm. they cause like you know vehicular uh, you know crashes all over the place because they've altered the traffic lights, but of course people are that stupid to where they're watching the lights but not watching the roads so they're smashing into each other. Uh, 
But yeah, so it's like it's it's it's, it's kind of strange in that way too because I mean, with anything else, it would be like they're just out there tearing up stuff and it's causing trouble. But they're actually smart enough to know if I do this, it's gonna cause this. Yeah. But then everything else they're doing is just kind of pranks. Yeah, it's great. It, it's so... It's all over the place. Yeah, because at one point they're they're inside the, this mailbox and they, uh, the, the preacher is putting mail in, in the mailbox and the gremlin throws the mail back out so another guy walks <laughs> up and puts his mail in there. <laughs> and th- this time the gremlin grabs his hand and... Well... <laughs> The other guy comes up, and the preacher's just watching, like, oh, you gonna try and mail something? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you try and mail something? Try it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and and then, you know, it cuts it, it cuts to just them making mischief. It cuts back to the uh, police station. And then you see where these two cops are just fucking with Gizmo. And this time, Gizmo doesn't have that I don't know man face. He's fucking pissed. Because these cops have tied ribbons around him, like Christmas ribbons, and they put an American flag on his head. And and Gizmo's like, motherfucker, I will stab you. Like, 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 you don't know me. Yeah, he, like, you on his face is like he's contemplating actually eating after midnight just to fuck with these dudes. <laughs> you know? Just to fuck with them a little bit. But then, uh, you know, they get a, a phone, the police get get a phone call about all of these things that are going wrong in town. You know, there's car, right? the traffic light's not working and people are getting attacked and, and they, then it cuts to Miss Deagle using one of those stair lifts it, it's you know it's the chair that sort of runs around the side of of your your stairs so you don't have to walk up steps yeah um which has been used in i don't know how many jokes in movies and tv shows but um you know the gremlins have hotwired that and then they are standing outside singing christmas carol that was the best because they <laughs> That's actually one of my favorite scenes because she's pissed. She's about to go throw water on the on the on the carolers, which, oh, if she did, all she would have done was made more gremlins in this case. But they're sitting there, they're, they're singing, and they're singing, you know, the little because you know Gizmo has his song that he always sings. The gremlins have their song, mm-hmm. and they're singing that. But they have these they have these carol books in their hands, like they're actually reading it and following along. You keep seeing looking down, like they're actually reading words. You see one of them following with his finger, like, like trying to read the words. <laughs> of course, she freaks out, like screams her ass off. Bolt, you know, dead bolts the door and heads up the stairs. Yeah, and all the while, another gremlin has has snuck in behind her and is start messing with this chair. And you know, again, this whole Miss Deedle. Okay, she she's a real estate owner and I guess owns the bank and everything else but she like I said she's sort of the villain but not really because it doesn't come to anything I mean there, there, there's no stakes in whether she lives or dies anyway and then when she gets in this chair and it like rockets her all the way up the stairs and out the window I mean there's no it. it's just like oh she's dead and then it's over you know they don't really talk about it anymore 
They don't, but you get, you know, if you remember from at the beginning where how rude she was to the dog, you know, to Billy and talking what she's going to do with the dog and, you know, all of this, uh, uh what did she do later? Um, oh, well, yeah, you know, she's about to throw the water on the carolers. This is like her comeuppance, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, well, you know, all the stuff you said you were going to do and go figure some creatures came and did you in. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, like I said, you see all, all of the, these bad things sort of happening. And then cut to uh, the dad on his way home, and he's trying to make phone calls to say, hey, I'm on the way home. But, you know, no, nobody's answering the phone because the gremlins have torn out the phone lines. And so at, so he's... While he, he's try, trying to figure out what happens, he can't avoid not trying to make a sale. So he's trying to, he's trying <laughs> oh, to no. uh, sell the, the, the smokeless smokeless ashtray, which is basically just an ashtray with the lid on it. <laughs> and he, it's he's like, like I, uh, okay. well, he's like, you know, I I see your smoker, and I'm so and so, and. You know, here, here's my card. Here, you can have the, the. There's only two of these in the world, and you can have this one and see if if you like it, and you can order more. Blah blah blah. And then, of course, it doesn't work. Remember that episode of Cosby? Who was that? Was it Denise or Vanessa, who uh, had the friend come over and try smoking cigarettes? I knew it was Denise. And they had the uh, no Vanessa. It was. <laughs> And I said, no. He said, what if you, What about the smell? And she put out one of those things. I was like, God damn it, you bought that. <laughs> you bought the smokeless <laughs> ashtray. And guess what? That one didn't work either. Yeah. I said, dude, the guy who kind of sounded like, sounded like somewhere between Blue and John Candy sell you this. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it did. Well, that's why you got busted, because it doesn't work. Yeah. And then you know it, it cuts to my favorite scene in this movie is the bar scene. And that was all these gremlins, all these gremlins, including Stripe, is just in in here, and they're they're getting drunk and they're smoking cigarettes. And they've apparently robbed a bunch of midgets because they've all got clothes now. Yeah, they've all, all got clothes. Quickly. One of them has decided to dress as a woman for no reason. <laughs> well, it might have been a woman. And I don't think so, because I'm pretty sure that they're, they're all male. Be, because when when the female one shows up in the second one, they're like all surprised that it's actually no. See you. Spoiler oh, alert, people! I've never seen the second one, so I don't. <laughs> so <laughs> these things, I don't. I don't know. So okay, maybe they are all male. Yeah. So it's just cross dressing. But All right. the okay. be- the best part of this bar scene, the best part of this bar scene, you know, they're, they're setting up all these little vi- vignettes of all these gremlins doing their own thing in this bar, and then the you know it's got like some some old '80s butt rock going, but then it cuts to the, this one this one uh, gremlin who's in a fedora, and the music sort of changes. And he's in in this fedora, fedora in this corner, and it, he's sitting there. He's smoking. He's got his thing of whiskey, <laughs> and he's just he's just sullen. And this other girl comes over with these puppets on his hands. <laughs> and he's like, do, 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 do. 
And then he has another puppet on the other hand. <laughs> the the one with the fedora just pulls out a gun and shoots him. Yeah, where the hell did the gun come from? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All and then the music. Yeah, and then the music changes again. And there, there's a, a a gremlin in leg warmers and uh, a sweater. And it's like dancing. Yeah, it starts doing flash dance. Yeah, flash dance and then break dancing and spinning on, on his back and stuff. And this is the weird thing. Because then it cuts to the bar and Phoebe Cates is working at the bar. I don't know why. I guess to keep from getting killed. I don't know. But yeah, she's I don't working. Know why she didn't make a run for it? But she's working there. Pictures. Yeah, she's ser- serving them alcohol and stuff. And then she, they have shown scenes of these gremlins smoking. The cigarettes are lit. They are smoking. So she's trying to light cigarette. This one gremlin has like four cigarettes in his mouth. <laughs> and and she's trying to light them. And the the gremlin keeps backing away because it's bright light. And he keeps backing away. He keeps backing away every time she, she tries to light the cigarette. So then she figures out, oh, they, they don't like the light. Which I don't even think a match gives off that bright of light. No, it doesn't. It kind of makes you wonder if it's that bad how they lit the cigarettes in the first place. Yeah. So so they... Uh, and there's one of them over in the corner. We forgot which one all this is going on. He's got a trench coat. And she looks over there. So he just whips open and flashes. Yeah. <laughs> So so then she re- reaches, you know, by the cash register and gets that old camera like I was talking about that's got like six flashes on there, and it's attached to the top of this shitty ass camera. And so she grabs it and she starts flashing, she starts just taking pictures and 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 scaring them. And she finally makes a run for it. Well, lucky she for her, her camera didn't reject the flash cubes like my dad's old camera I was talking about <laughs> at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, she she gets to the. Uh, to the, the front door there and she's about to go out and there's another gremlin in a fucking ski mask hanging off the coat rack and he's got a gun and he's just pointing it at her and so she takes her last flash and takes a picture and he shoots behind her all of a sudden Billy comes up in his his uh, VW and and the light is shining through the windows and stuff. She she knocks over the one in the ski mask. She goes out the front door. He's got the brights on so they won't come out and follow her. So they run and uh, they go hide somewhere just to sort of... Or, or they, they go back to, I guess, her house. They go to some, somebody's house to hide out. And then this is is where you get Phoebe Kate's backstory oh, and why yeah. she hates Christmas. <laughs> and she says <laughs> she says she she hates Christmas because on Christmas Eve her father left and didn't come back for like two days or something like that. No, he didn't come back at all. Yeah, but it it was like two day, days went by and he didn't come back. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. And and so they they, they thought that. He he abandoned them, so they they lit the fire in the fireplace, and then she said, and then there was the smell, and so we called the fire department and the police, and we we found out that on Christmas Eve my dad was dressed like Santa. He went into the he, he 
went to the roof and was climbing down the chimney to surprise us, but he slipped and fell and broke his neck and was just stuck in, in the chimney. Yeah, and look. Merry Christmas. Yeah, respect for the dad and all, but your father is an idiot. Because, yeah. look, I don't doubt that, you know, maybe pre-1800s, you could climb down a chimney like that, but anything after that, the, the, the chimney opening gets smaller the further down it goes. I mean, don't yeah. you think if they didn't, then people people's houses would be getting robbed left and right? Because they could just of clean down your chimney, open, then, you know, open your, unlock your front door from inside and just help themselves. Of course you they know, can. And nowadays, you got less piping and ducting that's in there now. It's not even... So, like, so yeah... That's not Christmas's fault. That's your father for being mentally defective. Yeah. But that's why she hates Christmas. <clears throat> so they're, you know, just hanging out at the house, taking a breather. And then they decide to go back. Oh, they, they were at the bank. That's right. They're at the bank hiding. That's right. So they decide to, you know, venture back out because it got quiet. And they're, they're looking around the street and they don't see any of the gremlins. And then they sort of find them. They're all at the movie theater. And they're getting ready to watch a movie. I forget what movie it was. Snow White. Was it Snow White? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because they, they start singing to, Hi-Ho. Yeah, they figured out how to how to set up the projector and put this movie on. That's the exact one they wanted. Yeah, and they're singing Hi-Ho, Hi-Ho. And they're, they're all, every single one of <laughs> them is in funny. there. Every single one of them is in there, except, uh, and they're singing, and Billy and Kate go behind the screen. I'm sorry, to sidebar, get into the man. <laughs> it's no white night. I remember. This is kind of random. Again, eighth grade, which is like about the last time I saw Gremlins, the movie. I also remember in my French class in eighth grade, I remember one of the <laughs> his dumbass in class, he said, did I have Snow White in France? And the French teacher was like, yeah. He said, how do you say hi-ho? And he's like, you... You are... You are dysfunctional. You don't That's all. <laughs> but yeah, they're yeah. singing hi-ho, but, and then you even hear Grim Gizmo in the backpack singing hi-ho, too. Yeah, and so... Uh, they 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 decide they're just gonna burn the motherfucker down, so they go down to the boiler room and they untach the the uh, gas. Which, by the way, you know I was fooled. I told you at the beginning. Well, this is like the Masters of the Universe place, except there's people, so it can't be. Well, now no one's anywhere to be found. So I'm guessing this is this is totally Masters of the Universe. I wouldn't There's nobody out there helping, nobody out there calling, you know, I mean, I get the police really aren't any help, and the police are actually dead now, because the gremlins cut their brakes, so the ones on duty are gone, but, uh, no one's out there helping, or running, you know, nothing. No, uh uh-uh. Not after those initial scenes. No, and, you know, as they're trying to, to, uh, get the gas started, uh, Stripe has actually run out of food so he went to find, find uh, food across the street and all the other gremlins stayed behind and so as as Billy and Kate are coming out of the boiler room the uh, the film projector breaks and the movie stops so then 
they are behind the screen, and now it's an all-white screen. The gremlins see two humans sneaking around behind the the, the building, or behind, behind the screen. So they they all take off trying to get a hold of them. Um, of course they they manage to escape, and they they go hide. And the building blows up, takes everybody with them, and they're like, oh, finally, you know, Grim- the Gremlins are all dead. You know, it's over. That should have taken the Until entire block look- out the way that shit went up, man. That was, that was a violent explosion. It was from, like, gas and lit fire. Yeah. But then, you know, they're, they're all excited and stuff. <laughs> and then they happen to look over, and and Stripe is coming out of the the uh, concession or, or the uh, store across the street, and he sees the building blow up. <laughs> then Stripe gets his own. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> he has a, a Twizzler in his mouth, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and when he sees the building blow up, <laughs> his mouth just is agape, and the Twizzler falls out, and he just like shakes his head like I don't know. Man. <laughs> And, and Kate happens to look over and see and sees him standing there, and so Stripe runs back into the building, and they run in after him. And this is a Montgomery Ward. It's it. Uh, do they still have Montgomery? No, Wards? man. I mean, are they all gone? Nah, they're all gone. And Sears is just about gone too. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like your your uh, your Sears, your old school Sears. They had like like a. Well, I guess it would be closer and akin to like a Walmart or a Target these days, you know, because it's got your little like dry goods, not not full on grocery store, but you got your dry goods in there. Yeah. And then you've got you've got your sports section, your clothing section, all this stuff. Yeah. Well, this sure is, but but you know, I don't think your Walmart or your Target is just selling <laughs> selling loose saw blades because here they come whizzing by. <laughs> Yeah, so then, you know, Billy says, okay, Kate, you you take Gizmo and stay here. I'm going to go get Stripe. So he starts walking around with his baseball bat trying to find Stripe. And Stripe first starts fucking with him by um, messing with the TV display. And he's, Stripe is standing in front of a video camera and projecting his image on all the TVs in, in the uh, electronics Very section. Common gag back then. Yeah, and he starts taunting Billy, you know, because he, he knows Billy's name. And so he's like, Billy. And so then he runs into the hardware section. And, excuse me, just starts, you know, whipping these these fucking saw blades at Billy. I mean, this is straight homicidal right here. This is not hijinks anymore. He ain't fucking around. No, uh-uh. So, you know, at the same time... Uh, Kate and Gizmo are trying to find the light because I guess apparently they it, it's almost dawn and they know this for some reason and so Billy's trying to get Kate to find the, the main power switch to turn on the lights and then open the shutters and while she, she's doing that she puts Gizmo down Gizmo climbs out of the backpack that he's been hiding in and you know goes to try and help help Billy and as Billy's walking around the building it's actually a little homage to uh, E.T. because you see he's walking past the stuffed animal aisle 
and there's you know a Bugs Bunny and a Sylvester stuffed animal, and then there's a E.T. stuffed animal right in the middle. And yep. as Billy walks by it, um, the E.T. gets pushed out of the way, and and Stripe's head pokes out, and he's watching where Billy's going. <laughs> and and as he's he's looking around, he sees a gun rack. Well, no, first first he see first uh, Stripe sees there's a fountain and it just got turned on because Kate's flipping switches and then he sees the gun rack and then you just see Stripe on this fucking tricycle <laughs> Stripe's on a tricycle just peddling away trying, trying to get to the uh, uh, fountain so so uh, you know and that and you know that was the warning by the way I mean I guess you wouldn't know because she's just flipping switches trying to get the lights on but you know that was the whole thing. Hey, you know we gotta take him out. If he gets the water, this whole thing starts all over again. And the first thing that happens, the water comes on. Yeah, yeah. Lucky she didn't flip any like fire sprinklers or anything. So the, they really be the, the water comes on, and then you know he's Billy's still trying to find him, and you know he he's in the sports section now where where Stripe just was and found the guns, and he's walking around and then all of a sudden he gets hit right in the small of the back by a baseball and Stripe is at one one of those those baseball pitching machines yeah man and he's firing baseballs but then he just starts throwing baseballs on his own (laughs) he's just like fuck this shit he just starts throwing baseballs on his own and while all this is going on Gizmo is zooming around in the little toy car do you remember how or why that happened I just slipped my mind not yet he he just kind of found it, and then he just took okay. off in it. Got you. Um, but you know, as he's trying to, but you know, he's small, and as he's trying to catch up, he he run like the the dad has finally gotten back into town, and he sees you know the he he's in the middle of the town square, and he opens the door, and the dad had the dog with him, so I guess he's the dog smells. Billy, so the dog goes into the uh, department store and finds Gizmo. So now Gizmo and the dog are running together, trying to find, <laughs> trying to find Billy. And Billy is now standing in front of Stripe, in front of, in front of this fountain. And you see Stripe; he's standing on top of the fountain, where water should be pouring all over his feet. But he's standing on top of the fountain. He's got a gun pointing to Billy. And he goes, oh, Billy. One hand is pointing the gun at him. The other hand, you just see his finger just reach down. And just dip his finger into the water. And his back starts to bubble and stuff. And that's when Gizmo shows up. And Gizmo runs. Gizmo has his car. He uses a, a, a shovel as a ramp. And shoots into a wall that happens to be where the shutter control is. And and Stripe sees Gizmo there. He tries to shoot Gizmo, but Gizmo grabs the the cord to pull the 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 shutters open. And that's when Stripe gets full on sunlight and just starts to melt but his back is still bubbling like, like something's gonna come out of it yeah it's oh it's disgust cause he just starts to melt instantly and it's disgusting so 
Because um, like he falls it was already in... gross. Whenever the Mogwai would multiply, when you see the Gremlins multiply, it's even worse. Yeah, because it's just a wet, oozy mess. It's disgusting. Ugh. But then you you see uh, Stripe's body falls into the main part of the fountain, and Billy gives Gizmo over to his dad. And he walks over to the fountain just to make sure everything's dead because the the fountain is bubbling the same way that the the pool was bubbling with all that you know water and smoke. And so Billy walks over there, and that's when there's that final jump scare where just this skeleton of Stripe that still has bubbles on his back like like a gremlin could pop out at any minute. He the skeleton comes out and it stands there. And it falls over, and then it just dissolves in the soap bubbles. It's really kind of gross. It's totally gross. And then, and then they all just go home, and they go back to Billy's house, and they're trying to give, they're they're try, trying to the uh, heal Gizmo, and they, they're taking Gizmo's temperature and stuff, and they're all standing there and. And the old Chinese man just shows up in the door. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nope, before that, did you remember what the mother said? No, I forget. What What did she say? I wanted to smack her. She said, "She said I bet he likes some chicken soup. Oh, yeah, that's right. But, bitch, are you crazy? That's right. So... Because <laughs> actually, I remember back in the beginning, I asked what it drink. I don't think it drinks, you know, because Mm-mm. it actually said, because the, uh, the, uh, the Chinese boy, he said... He said, don't get him wet. Don't give him any water to drink. Yeah. So, so, so the old Chinese man comes in. He's like, I, I told you, you weren't, you, you weren't responsible. This, you know, you weren't supposed to sell this. And he doesn't know, even though he drove through town and saw all this chaos, he's probably like, oh, white people. The well, you like, know what? That's exactly what he said. He said, "You do with Magui what your society, what your society does to all of nature's gifts." Yeah. In other words, he said, you "White people, you're always fucking up." Yeah, but you know, at, at the time, he doesn't know that that the gremlins have spawned. He just knows that they took his Magui, and then as as they're, they're boxing him up, he just happens to look at TV and he hears the the TV guy say say that everyone's you know was claiming. There were little green men crawling around, and he kind of his head jerks up, and he looks at everybody else like you motherfuckers. He was pissed, and then he first thing comes in. And by the way, back to you know, they already this guy is already a walking Chinese stereotype. I mean, what are you gonna do? But then he comes in, and he they Gizmo sitting there watching the news. He's like, "You teach him to watch television." Hi ya! Yeah. I want you, but you don't listen. Hi ya! Like Chris Columbus. Good God. Yeah. And like I said, and you know, as I said, that whole TV watching does come in to play in in the uh, sequel. Yeah, and then the but, guy comes in. He's like, and uh, and, and the dad is like, "Yo, well, this is the man that sold me the Mogwai." And he's like, "Sold." Interesting choice of words. Like, well, he did. In fact. Here's the whole problem. You know, you know who the real villain of this movie is? Was the little boy. That boy needs his ass beat. Oh, I'm sure because he did get his ass not beat. Only, 
Well, and it kind of makes me wonder, you know, how... I, I really do wonder where this place is because as soon as he noticed Gizmo was missing, he should have gone right there, but I don't... He had his card. I just don't know he tracked him down, but I kind of wonder where it is and why it took him so long to get there. Unless he doesn't have a car and he had to ride the bus. No, I don't mean a car. I'm talking about the card that he that Peltzer gave him. No, no, no. I I, I know that, but I'm saying it maybe it took him so, so long because he had to take the bus or something. Gotcha. So he goes back to get it. So, I mean, the boy not only sold it behind his father's back or grandfather's back and took his money or whatever, he did that. This kid has caused millions of dollars of damages and, and the or, death and injury of dozens of people. You know, I've I've had this movie playing here in the back, in, in the background. I'm watching the end of this, and the old man's just walking. So I wonder if he walked from from Chinatown, USA, to Kingston <laughs> Falls, USA. <laughs> he walked. So, How did you get here so fast, ancient Chinese secret? I'm surprised so, he didn't say that at some point in this movie. You got him saying hi oh, yeah. all over the place. Yeah. But then, you know, he, he puts him in the box and he's speaking Chinese to uh to Gizmo the whole time. And Gizmo's kinda responding, I guess, in Chinese or whatever. And and uh ju- just before he leaves, he's he stops and says, uh Gizmo would like to say something to you and then Gizmo what does he say at the end he says something like, like actual he sentence says, I don't know man <laughs> I don't know man <laughs> <laughs> and then you know uh, Billy says uh, Billy says you can un- understand him and Chinese guys was um, you know once you learn pa- patience you'll be able to understand him or something like that and then he walks away, and then credits. Yeah, and there was a stinger where uh, where where Mister Pelzer goes back up the door and says, "Hey, wait a minute, where's my money back?" <laughs> <laughs> that was two hundred dollars. I wish. I wish there was some sort of stinger in here, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's Gremlins. That was Gremlins, and I mean, <clears throat> for all its holes and flaws, it's still a really fun movie to watch. Yeah, yeah. Like I said I I haven't seen it since like middle school. This is the first time I've I've watched. I, I had to watch it twice. You know, once just to watch it, and then second time to get my notes. And you know, watch it the first time, I was like, uh, you know, this movie, it it still kind of holds up. You know there are kind of. there are still a co- couple legit jump scares in this thing. You know, yep. like I said, I loved how in the beginning when they first when the gremlins first hatch and you never really get a good look at them. Yeah, and until you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and they kind of jump out. And just it takes a while before you get the first full shot of them. And when you do, when you're sitting there eating that cookie, it's like this. Oh, it's gross. Yeah. Like you're looking at like oh. But the puppetry I thought was great. The puppetry and and and. The the motion of the the gremlins and the Mogwai I thought were really good. At, you know, compared to some of the other stuff that came out in the eighties. Oh, the puppetry was amazing, and they've actually talked about trying to uh, remake this and reboot it or whatever. And uh, they actually put it on the fast track to do it. But then I forget who. I don't think it was Spielberg. It was somebody else saying that no, it's not a good idea because the charm and the appeal 
in the allure of Gremlins was was the puppetry. You can't you can't do CGI on this. Yeah, it it's kind of the whole um, Jurassic Park thing. The dra- the first Jurassic Park worked really well because they had yes they they had some CGI, but they also had a lot of of practical effects. You know, they had a lot of animatronic dinosaurs in there. And that's yeah. why the, those later movies didn't work as as well, because they're they're just running away from cartoons. Same thing with right. with um um shit. What's the other movie that had um oh some some of the alien movies too, like the, alien. the later a- alien movies went to like like alien is it four. I think it is had, had mostly CGI and no no real practical aliens at all. You know, it just sort of takes away from it. Yeah, and I enjoy those, but still, yeah, it's not the same. I mean, the first two, yeah, I have a soft spot, soft spot in my heart for the third one, just because that's the first one I actually ever saw. Yeah, but yeah, I mean those those movies. Yeah, the, I mean the first two are the ones. Yeah. Yeah, and if they do ever remake this, I mean, effects aside, I think they they would probably go. It, it could go two two ways. It could either be way too jokey and campy and not work at all, or they'll take it the other way and make it really super dark. And e- e- either way, I, I think that they'll try to do too much to sort, sort of explain what the gremlins are or where they come from, and that's not needed. Yeah. No, it's not. And the other thing, the other reason why this works, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where it's completely a product of its time. Like we said, there was no PG-13 yet. This is actually one of the movies that led to the creation of PG-13. Yeah. This one in um, Indiana Jones and something else. And because, like we said, PG was such a you know was such a broad spectrum at that point. Because I mean, you had G, which is you know your cartoons or your, your everyday or your everybody, everyone uh, stuff. Then you had R, which I mean, if you weren't getting naked or doing or or or, or violence or really bad language, you weren't going to get an R rating. So you know, it wasn't hard enough for an R rating. So everything else is just PG and I mean that could go <clears throat> you could be like right up on like a few clicks away from R in a PG thir- PG movie you know mm-hmm. yeah and this isn't hard enough for R but it definitely was a little too too grotesque and too violent for PG right you know and that's that's one of the reasons why it worked and why you know just because the time it was in the way it came you know when it came out and the audience it was trying to go for where it had an idea of the audience and at the same time didn't really know at all mm-hmm. you know I just don't think you can't replicate that no no you never can I mean un- unless they oh, I don't even I mean cause you know you've got stuff like, like Stranger Things which is you know, more or less like the Goonies, kind of. It, it's a darker version of the Goonies that works. If there's some way you could do Gremlins like that, I think it could work. But you have to have somebody that's really invested, not wanting to do a big cash grab, 
but is investing to put in the nostalgia, but at the same time having it kind of current. You know, I, I don't know if there's any way to recreate this. It it it's a fine line. Yeah, there's a fine line. It's really why it hasn't happened because, like I said, I read that it was on the fast track to be remade, and then enough people were like, "You know what? You really can't do it." Yeah, there's really no reason to. I mean, yeah, it looks dated. It looks old. I mean, you know, it's definitely a product of its time. It's set in the '80s. It, you know, writing and sensibilities were a little different back then. But I mean, you can still play this, and it's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but. you know that all—that's all going to change next episode, <laughs> which yeah, I, I which... cannot wait for you to watch this movie. <laughs> because yeah, folks, I mean, this... if you haven't figured it out, we're, we're we're doing the next one. We're doing the the sequel. Yeah, we're doing Gr- Gremlins two, and and when we first talked about this block, um, I, I was like, okay, we'll do Gremlins two, and you know, I made mention to the Hulk Hogan cameo. And then John said, "Oh, well, you know, I've never seen this." I'm like, "How? How do you know the the Hulk, the Hogan reference?" And he's like, "Oh, well, I've seen that part, but I've never seen the whole thing." I'm like, "Oh, dude, yeah, dude." <laughs> and that's we, famous, you know. That's the, you know, I know that. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> and we were no, even, I really don't. We were talk, talking about the the music and the breaks we we wanted to use for this. Uh, you know, not not to get too inside baseball, but uh, you had picked out sort of a, a spooky theme for two, and I was like, man, I, I forget you haven't seen this. There's a complete tonal shift here that that you're not even going to understand, and I cannot wait until you watch so, this movie. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, I'm excited just because I've never seen it, and I'm just kind of curious where it goes. And on the other hand, I'm frightened because I know it's not going to be good. Yeah, yeah, and on the flip. I have seen Gremlins two way more times than I've seen the first Gremlins. I don't, I know, don't why. know how you have. I don't know why. I don't remember Gremlins two ever coming on TV. But we're talking too much about the next episode. Let's yeah. wrap up this one. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> of course, you can find us at nojibajabafm dot com. Uh, we are on Facebook at facebook dot com backslash nojibajabafm. Uh, we're on Instagram at nojibajabafm. We're on Twitter at deathcakespod. Yes, sir. I'm on Twitter at jru78. You're on Twitter at illrockski. Yes, I am. Our email address, if you ever want, want to hit us there, is uh, uh, deathcakespod at gmail.com. It is. And that's that's about it, folks. Yeah, man. You know where else they can find us? Where else? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we'll see you. See you. My man, I'll be sure he's in effect mode. Used to have a crush on doing for men vote. It's not like Honey Dick would want to get with me. But just in case I own my condoms, then TLC. Now the formula is this me, Tip and Ali. For those who can't count, it goes one, two, three. The empty ram right up. big up is who I be. Brothers find it's hard to do, but never me. Some others try to dip with Malik. You see him bitching me, not care about them DBMC. But Gladiator, anti-hesitator, Shahid push the fader, from here to Grenada, Mr. Energetic, who me sound pathetic, 